for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You know, we both spoke to to, uh, to Jimmy. Kyle, Kyle did right away, and then I did later in the day. Um, you know, I think um, general observation and an invitation to one of those yeah. two gentlemen. I've got a poker table down in my barn. Right. John Lynch, I will deal you in at any time. He's got more tells than there are cards in the deck. Now, Kyle, Kyle has to wait in the car. I don't want Kyle at the table. John Lynch, come on down. Let's play some <laughs> poker. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's great. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Can we find uh, another damn picture other than me and the Roger Evil Roger Goodell? That's not. That's not. Is that it? It's like this. It's not the same picture. It's like one of the. It's the same night. It's the same night. It's just not exactly. Hey, Get something if, recent with my new haircut or something. Gee, when, will when you stop? When you stop looking like Roger Goodell's evil twin brother. <laughs> then we will okay. start using that photo. All right, fine. Remember, remember when we saw Goodell and we at told the them? Vikings 49ers <laughs> yeah. game, and you told him, right? <laughs> and he had a great line because yeah. he said, he said, uh, he said, you said something like, "They say I'm your evil twin," and he said, "Well, which wait, which one of us is evil?" And it was good. It was, it was, very, it was, it was a funny really line. Good. Yes, it was good, good from Roger Goodell. It was. Uh, that was a good. lifetime ago when we actually Gosh, got to go places and be around that. people. Yes, the yeah. energy of that I can still remember it because it was you know one of the last times we or it was the last time I was in that environment. Well, I'm fully vaccinated. I'll be, I'll be, uh, I think, good to so, go in eight days. That's when the full dose, the second Pfizer okay. dose takes over. So, so I don't know what it means. I don't do anything anyway, well, but at least this. I got that peace of it mind. It means this right here, right here. We're getting close, baby. You're going to be sitting next to me real soon, and I'm going to be throwing right jabs into your chest. I, I mean, I miss hitting you and grabbing the back of your neck and squeezing you and making you feel uncomfortable. I can't wait till you get back here and sit at this damn desk. I can't wait. See, 
I'm I'm not going to let you touch me anymore because you eat food that has fallen onto the floor at the airport. So I'm keeping my distance. <laughs> yeah, you should. Long after the plexiglass is uh, removed from press boxes, I'm going to get a sheet and it's going to be there between the two of us the next time we're in studio because you <laughs> are unclean. Uh, All right. <laughs> um, the the uh, the. NFL continues to rocket toward the draft. It's just 22 days away. The Jets made the big move this week, trading Sam Darnold to the Panthers. And now they, much like the 49ers last week, and I really do appreciate the teams are spacing these out. It would be too much to deal with all at once. But just like the 49ers last week, when Kyle Shanahan knew you don't have to be coy anymore, everybody knows you're taking a quarterback at number three. Everybody knows that's what the Jets are doing at number two. Here is Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets, yesterday on the topic of whether they have locked in to taking a quarterback at number two now that they've just traded their starter away. I think that's a fair assessment to, to say, Rich. I think based on, on uh, the decision we made yesterday, um, you can kind of see the, the direction we're heading. What did you think of Steve Young's comments on the radio? Apparently he did some detective work and spoke to some members of the coaching staff, and he said the Jets are, quote, committed to Zach Wilson. Uh, Steve's, uh, Steve's plugged into uh, BYU pretty well. Um, I know – uh, it, it, it was good being out there at the pro day and uh, just had an opportunity to, you know, speak to his representatives, um, say hello to a couple members of his family quickly. Um, and, you know, BYU put on a, a great pro day for, for the entire NFL first class, uh, first class organization. And uh, it, it was a good day out there. You know, um, like I said, we're, we're excited about this class and we're excited about this quarterback class. Yeah, they're taking Zach Wilson. And and isn't it funny to see the demeanor, how relaxed? Right? He's smiling. changed. He's smiling. Yeah. It's the first thing that I noticed. Don't have to watch every single word that is formulated by your mouth. Yeah. Just just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Worst case scenario is the Jaguars take Zach Wilson, which they aren't going to do, and we get Trevor Lawrence. Oh well. Oh well. Oh, hope I that know. doesn't happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, I, I do I, I agree with you. I think that's the first thing that jumped out to me. The pressure's off of the situation in general, in a lot of ways. One, they figured out how to deal Sam Darnold and got you know good compensation back for that. You know, two, they can now look to the future and go, wait, okay, we know who we got coming in here. This is cool. We could start thinking about our offense a little bit, how we want to play with this guy, all of that type of stuff. And you know, I think the um, uh, I lost my train of thought here. But oh, the, and then and then of course, I think the third thing is well, I forgot it. I forgot what I was going to say. I had one more point that I wanted to make. But either way, you can't be you, happy. You're, you're flummoxed by the picks that the Jets have. It over totally the next two messed, drafts. It messed my mojo up there. I looked at the graphic and I started going into it. But either way, you see the moves they made here. And, I mean, Joe Douglas is sitting in a power position for the next two years. For a team that's real crappy in a bad spot, you know, now he's, he's got his quarterback. And here's the thing I was going to say. He's also happy. The third thing I was going to say is because people and public perception has gotten behind Zach Wilson. That, that, that It's changed. You know, I think everybody... Now, hey, listen, everybody knew what Trevor Lawrence was. I think two months ago, Zach Wilson was still a question mark for people. You know, the casual fan who's not in the, the weeds like you and I or other people who are really just all over NFL football every day. But I think that, you know, through this process, what they've seen is you see highlights and, hey, a lot of, 
A lot of fans and people go off what they see on highlights. And, I, and here in New York, I can speak to specifically why they didn't get behind Daniel Jones. One of the reasons was this is I, I have a lot of friends. They used to go, I, I don't get it. I see the highlights, and they're not even that great of highlights. Well, how could he be the number six pick in the draft? You know, there's something to that. And I think people have watched the Jets and Zach Wilson, and they've seen all these, you know, highlight shows and everything like that. And I think even to the novice, you have to look at it a little and go, damn, I don't know. It just looks cool and looks good. And then when you have the pro day off of it that also looked wow, right? I think now it's just like, man, Joe Douglas is feeling himself. He's going, all right, got rid of the quarterback. We're going into the future. I got a guy I've had my eye on for a long time here because we've heard rumors about Joe Douglas liking Zach Wilson from about the halfway point of the year. And now Zach Wilson helped him out to confirm that, like, hey, I am the man. I'm worth the number two pick. And that's why I think we got a happy Joe Douglas. Yeah, and I think part of the reality for Jets fans and most football fans, college was such a strange season this year. And yeah, it was. You never quite knew who was playing when, or it all kind of got thrown together, and it was the big schools that got the most attention. And I don't just don't like BYU's, anybody that's going to get a ton of, of a following or – or a focus. Well, that's what happened. I think that You're played right. into it too. Yes. Yeah. And and now people are waking up to it. Of course, he is a boomer bust prospect. Zach Wilson, that was big news over the weekend. Boomer bust prospect. Yeah, yeah they all are boomer bust yeah, prospects. Exactly. Every first round pick is a boomer bust prospect. But the Jets, who rolled the dice on a boomer bust prospect three years ago with Sam Darnold, they're right back there again. They're trying to get their franchise quarterback, and this is the way you do it. And it's obvious they're going to have a quarterback. And as Joe Douglas said, keeping Sam Darnold wouldn't have been the best situation for anyone, especially not for the Jets, because no. now, now under the CBA, if you pick up the option, it's not just guaranteed for injury, it's fully guaranteed. They'd have been in for $24 million or so for uh, Sam Darnold over the next two years while they're paying Zach Wilson what the second overall pick in the draft gets. No, and it's just a, it, it, that would be a horrible situation. I mean, just horrible. And nobody wants to deal with that. All the focus of the Jets after the draft would just be on the quarterbacks and, you know, who's going to get the first reps and is it going to be a fair competition? And it's like what we talked about with the 49ers if, you know, they're going to draft a quarterback at three. And, of course, I think it's Mac Jones. If they have him and Jimmy Garoppolo in the locker room, that, that doesn't make sense to me. That does not. And that would be the same here. This is That's how you divide a locker room. And that's how you can ruin a football team. So I think it's smart that they did it now. You know, they acted fast, probably why they realized, like, hey, you know, there's there's some teams out there and there's not that many spots to be filled. Let's try to make something happen. And obviously Carolina had a liking for Sam Darnold. So, uh, you know, great move by them, especially if you believe, like I believe, that Zach Wilson can be an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes type talent. And that would always bring a smile to your face if you think that and you're an evaluator. The, the difference, too, between the Jets and the 49ers is this. The deadline for the money becoming guaranteed for Sam Darnold is May 3. Yeah. For Jimmy Garoppolo, the deadline is basically week one of the regular season. There's no triggers That's in true, this right. of his contract that yeah. forces any, any sooner action. So the 49ers have the luxury of waiting to see if an opportunity arises and all it takes is one fluke injury and an opportunity arises to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and get real value for him. If you're willing to carry the $25 million cap charge and if you're willing to deal with the potential that we've discussed on multiple occasions for locker room turmoil as some players line up behind Garoppolo and others line up behind Mac Jones or whoever they take with the third overall pick. Yeah. But the Jets 
because of that May 3rd deadline, they needed to do something sooner than later, and they recognized their best deal was to just go ahead and get it done now. Just because the Panthers have Sam Darnold, though, Chris, doesn't mean the Panthers are out of the market for a quarterback at number eight. Here's Scott Fitterer, the new GM in Carolina, talking about the possibility of drafting a quarterback, even though they've now acquired Sam Darnold. This doesn't take us out of anything in, in the draft. Doesn't take us out of taking a quarterback. Doesn't take us out of taking you know any position. What we wanted to do going into this draft, you know, through free agency, through this trade with Sam, is to just get rid of all the needs that we have, all the kind of, you know, we just wanted to get to a place where our roster was in a good spot where we can take the best available player at number eight. Uh, uh, look, I, why? Why say that? Like, well, why? It doesn't make sense. It's not smart. I understand we always want to dangle quarterbacks out there for trade bait and all of that, but come on. They're not taking a quarterback, and if they are, it's stupid. I don't know what it was to say it. It's an organization who's done things the right way here ever since, you know, Fitterer, the new ownership, rule of taking over. I would be shocked. I think that is all just BS talk, hoping there's some well, team right. that might want to come up. Isn't it just as simple as trying to get the Broncos to jump in front of eight and push down the board? I a guy that the Panthers would now want. Isn't it that simple? It, Trying to get the Broncos to yeah. go up to four or five uh, and not and not hope that, that the quarterback is there that the Broncos want at eight, and then the Broncos, you know, they, they just it falls into their laps. Trying to get the Broncos to get ahead of the Panthers, worrying that the Panthers would take that guy sure. instead. I think it's that simple. I think it could be that. Yeah, I think you're. I think there's there's definitely truth to that. I agree. Or or, or it could be. And, and then Kristen, if you could just put up that graphic one more time, it could just be simply where they're saying that. And then okay, let's see who's after the Broncos. You got Eagles at twelve. I mean, okay, maybe. I doubt they would do anything at quarterback. But maybe they would, you know, maybe they'd love a Justin Fields or, or a Trey Lance, maybe. And then you got the chart. I mean, the Patriots at 15. Those are two teams that I think, you know, could quietly maybe be in the quarterback market. So that's probably why they're saying it. You're right. But that would make no sense. You know, again, we're going to trade assets to get a new quarterback and settle down our team to use another asset on another quarterback and build our team that way what I mean all you've done is getting quarterbacks then I don't know what we're doing here so that that that's where it makes no sense they could say whatever they want to say there is no way they're going to draft a quarterback at number eight now that 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 uh I think they've got their guy and uh I wish they wouldn't say that stuff because it's annoying <laughs> Pete said something yeah. to me while you were talking that caught my attention Ooh. and I'm going to take what he said and I'm going to push it a couple of levels higher yeah how about the vikings take a quarterback with the 14th overall pick in the draft in order to piss off kirk cousins and it'll be the mvp this year no, I, I i knew you were going to say something about the vikings when i was going through that there but no that's i don't think that's going to happen either i don't i don't expect it to i don't but you know last thing okay and sorry getting off your vikings all right because you you know today you love him you love him not i'm not sure where you no, are I, no no, no. But no. today is today is my plan for for uh vaulting him to the levels that we saw aaron Rodgers vaulted to last yeah, year yeah okay so you love him love. love him lots today but i will say this the one thing that i do love about what carolina did yeah they they took away a spot or you know filled a spot that they felt needed to be improved on their football team. They did that. We know it's quarterback and very important and all of that. But like like he said there too, is it, it does now put them in the position 
to take the best player available that matches their need. And you quietly look at Carolina's roster. Carolina could be one of those teams this year where we could go, you know, whoa, where did they come from? You know, good pass rushers. You know, Brian Burns, Yeter Grossmatos. They drafted the Derrick Brown in the top 10 last year. Really good D tackle. You know, linebacker, Shaq, Shaq Thompson, Hassan Reddick. You know, okay, pretty good there. You know, we know about the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You know, at number eight, I sit there and go, they could take one of the best tackles in the draft at number eight. You know, maybe they take one of the great corners in the draft at number eight because that, that certainly could be there too. Maybe a Caleb Farley, something like that. So they are in a position, and I really like what they've done with their team, just to, just to add that. I really think they've done some really smart things, other than pay Teddy Bridgewater so much money. Yeah, other than that, and yeah. uh, he's been given permission to seek a trade, right. and we'll see if that works out, but I doubt that he'll be on the roster come week one. Robbie Anderson, who was with Sam Darnold in New York, one of the better receivers on the team, signed with Carolina last year. Darnold, uh, a guy that Anderson knows well, and Anderson was on – NFL Network yesterday said, me personally speaking, I just think Sam kind of his development was not correct with the Jets. I think he didn't have the best supporting cast around him, the best coaching to get him to his full potential. Well, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Now he's got one of the guys around him that was around him in New York when he wasn't reaching his full potential. So I don't know that Robbie Anderson thought that through. He's one of the guys that was there that didn't give Sam Darnold the best the best overall talent he could have had. But but Robbie Anderson, frankly, one of the guys that, that stood out from the lack of yeah. talent the Jets had. Yeah, they, you know, we'll, they we'll see. This would be a great case study. It is. Great case study. Yep. Is, is this on the Jets or is it on Darnold that he didn't flash franchise potential to the point where they were willing to continue to stay with him after three years and give him that fourth season and just see what happens? And what he does in Carolina is going to resolve that question. Yeah. He's either going to develop into a great starting quarterback or he's going to be one of these guys who is – kind of ricocheting around from team to team as a backup for the next seven or eight years after his stint with Carolina ends. Yeah, my 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 money is on that it's going to show on the Jets end. That you know, the dysfunction, the lack of, you know, being able to support him and all that. You know, I think it's going to show more of that. I will also say that I think it's going to also show that too to a degree. I mean, listen, uh, Sam Darnold was was overhyped, overevaluated like we talked about yesterday. You know, it just, it was, the expectations were too high. Sammy, the savior, he's coming from USC and just, it was built to such a way where again, you know, you could say what you want, but it didn't take long to watch games and football to look at it and go, wait, wait, Josh Allen's definitely more special of a talent. Lamar Jackson's definitely more special of a talent. Baker Mayfield is more special of a talent. And I think that's where, you know, that's also part of this you know, process or what has uh, led to, you know, the, the Sam Darnold issue. Yeah, I do think he was overdrafted. You know, I don't think he was ever a top five pick in, in my eyes. Uh, but I think more or less it's gonna, he's going to succeed in Carolina and show that the Jets just didn't do him right. What do you think he has to do this year to avoid the Teddy Bridgewater fate where you talk about me, he loves him, he loves him not. I mean, that's what they did with Bridgewater. They loved him, they love him not. Donald, they love him now. What does he have to do to avoid them loving him not a year from now? Well, I, I mean, of course, win games. But I think the big thing is is just, you know, be a little bit more explosive on the offensive side of the ball, you know, more efficient that way. You know, one of the things with Bridgewater, like I always talk about, plays and yards left on the field, 
You know, that's one thing that jumps out to me about him a lot. Oh, wait, great. There's a five-yard completion over the middle. Wait, but there was a 20-yard completion behind that. That was open. You should have thrown it to him. I know we're going to give you a pause, a positive, and all the grading sites are going to go, look, he played good quarterback in his completion percentage, and I'm going to go, no, there was a bigger play open. That wasn't a good quarterback play. So I think that's where I come back to it with Sam Darnold is just taking advantage of that aspect and then, you know, of course, winning football games. I think it comes down to just as simple as that. But if they're explosive and fun to watch like we've seen over these last few years, if you have that and you're putting up points – and even staying close in games, it's going to win you the benefit of the doubt at the quarterback position because, you know, fans like the offense, and this is cool to watch, and this is great and all that type of stuff. And, you know, I think that's, you know, along the lines of what Darnold will have to do to, to stay there. And David Tepper, the owner of the team, is so determined to have a franchise quarterback that he's not afraid to no, say, he is all not. right, we tried it. See you later. Right. Thirty-three million guaranteed to Teddy Bridgewater. See you later. Twenty-four million to Sam Darnold. See you later. <laughs> We're going to keep doing it until we get the franchise quarterback because that's the key. That's the thing that Tepper said in the back of the SUV in the Amazon series, all or nothing, that made me convinced Ron Rivera was going to be gone, Marty Herney was going to be gone, and they were going to eventually get a franchise quarterback because Tepper believes, and I think he's right. The league is set up for everyone to be eight and eight. And how you skew above or below depends upon the quality of coach, GM, and quarterback. Agreed. And quarterback is the key, and Tepper is determined to get that franchise guy. I don't think it's going to be Darnold, but who knows? Like I said, this is going to be a great test it is. of whether it's the team or whether it's the player that caused him after three years to wash out of New York. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it is. It, it is going to be a great test. Uh, it seems like to me it's a good system fit. Sam Darnold was in a similar West Coast-type offense in college. You know, it, it's not necessarily, you know, about always big, aggressive 50-yard bombs and posts over the top and all that stuff. I think it fits him. And uh, I'm excited to see it. I am. Because, yeah, Sam Darnold is, is certainly – I believe in him. I think there's a lot of positives. I think you can certainly win with him. Um, I do. But, you know, I don't know that. That's a projection. It, it's hard to tell right now. And the other thing I'll say about Sam Darnold, too, you know, the one thing that I, I don't necessarily – I wish I, he would change a little bit is I wish he would bring a little more energy and emotion to the field and things like that. I think that's something that he could work on himself. You know, it's always just – the same guy always, and yeah, sometimes I, I, you know, I, I do think, you know, more times than not, you need a quarterback who's gonna show emotion, light a fire under everybody's butt, hold people accountable, show everybody that hey, I'm pissed off. What the hell's going on out here? Like Brady, all that type of stuff. That stuff has real value on the sidelines during a game and in practice. It really does. It keeps everybody, especially the players, on their toes. And that's something I think Sam Darnold could, could add to his repertoire a little bit as well. So we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one to the Jaguars unless something happens that stuns us. Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets unless something happens that stuns us. We then lock on to the 49ers at number three. Many believe, Chris, including you, that it's going to be Mac Jones, the yeah. Alabama quarterback. Right. Interesting exchange yesterday between Alabama coach Nick Saban and Dan Patrick on the level of communication or not that he's had with the 49ers about Mac Jones. Here's the question from Dan and Saban's answer. What did you tell Kyle Shanahan about Mac Jones? He didn't ask me a thing. Didn't ask me a thing. I said hi to him. Uh, John Lynch, too. Um, they did not ask me a thing about him. They didn't ask me a thing. 
Wow. Maybe they thought they weren't allowed to because, you know, out there on in the pro day floor, which is where I saw them, yeah. you know, I, I think that they, they, I don't know all their rules, but I think their rule is they're not really allowed to, to talk to me. I've never heard that before. We saw the pictures of Urban Meyer standing next to Dabo Swinney at Trevor Lawrence's pro day. I, 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 I don't, I don't know what what kind of I'm not going to be the Alabama coach game Saban's playing there. But I, I, I no, I know, I, okay. don't, I don't know. Maybe he thought I, I don't there was get some it. protocol, I don't get it. but I, yeah. I, I've never heard of that either. I'm with you. I talked to him. Yeah, he talked to him there. He talked to him after. And remember one of the things Saban said in the past. Yeah, these guys don't talk to me. He Belichick's the, the only one who talks to me. Right. Right. Yeah. So presumably Kyle, uh, and, and I know that for some of these guys, it's like going to see the wizard of Oz and you're the cowardly lion and you really don't want to go approach Nick Saban because of what he's accomplished and because of his demeanor and his personality. But for something like this, you better, you better check that box, especially when you have the invitation, the, the statement that Saban made in the past is an invitation to any NFL coach to call him up and find out about his players. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agreed. I, I don't think Shanahan's like intimidated that way. I mean, listen, he grew up with Mike Shanahan, who's also a legend. So, uh, I I don't think it's about that. I I do think, and we kind of heard this was this, you know, Last week, I think early last week, you know, Shanahan's private with this stuff. You know, he he keeps it close to the vest. There's a reason you talked about like, yeah, you want him in the card when you play poker. You don't know his, you know, his tells. He he's he's I think probably more than anything just afraid to share thoughts and things because he doesn't want to give anybody a tell at this point of where he's going and all of that. But you know, I will say this, you know, Shanahan like a Belichick. He, he doesn't think he's right about everything. He does not. You know, the, one of the reasons I think he's great offensive play caller is because he's always looking for more, another idea. Who can I steal from? What can I do? I don't know everything. Teach me a new way to do this. What? Oh, okay. You know, that's what the great coaches do. I think when it comes time to where, okay, Shanahan feels like he's got all his ducks in a row, he'll call a Nick Saban if he's got his eye really on Mac Jones and he wants to t- make him the number three pick. And he'll pick his brains and do that. Uh, I, I, but we heard Shanahan last week say one of the reasons he doesn't want to go to those pro days, really, is because he doesn't want people to know where he's leaning, you know, as far as his picks and the draft and everything like that. So uh, I, I think that conversation will happen at some point. And at this point, as Shanahan acknowledged last week, it doesn't matter. They are no, where they are. Right. They're taking a quarterback. Right. And they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, or whoever the third guy is that made them comfortable enough to go up that far all right let's take a break we just mentioned bill belichick one of the big stories last week robert Kraft acknowledging that there have been some issues with the quality of patriots drafts there was a little bit of a leak somebody saying things maybe they shouldn't about a past bill belichick draft mistake we'll talk about that next when pft live continues who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie famous amos has been making them since the 70s 1975 to be exact With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Really, the teams who draft well are the ones who will be consistently good. I don't feel we've done the greatest job the last few years, and I really hope and I believe I've seen a different approach this year. And, you know, in the end, it all comes out to what happens on the field and how well people execute. And you really don't know a draft, how good a draft is for at least two years. It's Robert Kraft from last week talking to reporters about the struggles the Patriots have had in the draft in recent years, which set the stage for their aggressive moves in free agency. So we talked a lot about that. It was not an issue that in any way, shape or form was swept under the radar. I think that, as you would say, I think that many of uh, <laughs> you, you naturally said that, huh? Damn. <laughs> I know you didn't Damn. even mean to say that. It just came right well, out naturally. I love it. I got a lot of emails yesterday because you said swiped under the rug. And <laughs> I was supposed to chastise you for it today. Anytime there's anything even close to a Simsism, I'm the one that gets the emails. I you, love you, it. You're brilliant for keeping your email address private yeah. because my email address gets uh, overwhelmed by uh, any potential Simsism <laughs> and also what time it is that we're going to be on Sky Sports <laughs> right. in the UK and Ireland. Anyway, uh, it, it was a, a big issue. It was a big deal. And now there's some blowback. And Albert Breer, who coincidentally or not interviewed Nick Casario last week, now the Texans GM, previously the Patriots VP of player personnel, reportedly Belichick ignored his scouts in taking in Keel Harry with a first round pick in 2019, the receiver from Arizona State. There was relationship there between Belichick and the head coach. And, and Harry came in and had a great visit. You don't work out when you visit the team, but had a great visit with the team. So... Belichick ignored the fact that A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel had higher ratings by the scouts who had put in the work and it had had done the grinding and the effort and the analysis and the vetting. And look at what Harry's done and look at what Samuel and Brown have done. And that I, th I feel like that's Casario's way of saying, don't blame me. To the extent that Robert Kraft is trying to throw this on me, that the difference this year is I'm gone. No, maybe the difference this year is Belichick's listening to the scouts a little bit more because two years ago he didn't. Well, all right. Here, the first thing I'll say is I, I would be shocked if it was Nick Casario. I really would. Casario. Somebody's talking. I know. Somebody's well, singing. I'll get, I'll get there. You're right. I think somebody is. There's no doubt somebody's saying it. You know, but Nick Casario is such a – he's like Belichick in a lot of – he's a machine. I mean, it's one of those guys. He's not necessarily Mr. Social Charismatic Guy that way. That's not what he is. He's not going to charm your pants off or do anything like that to where you're just like, man, this guy's smooth. I love listening to him talk. What a great conversation. No, that's not what it's going to be. It's very, wait, here's the facts of the matter. I'm going to talk about football. He's a real football guy. He wants nothing to do with media. Albert Breer is pretty connected up there in New England. 
He knows he knows a few people. And here's like another. He interviewed Casario last I, week. I it was know. a very chummy conversation. I, My point is this. If it's yeah. not Casario, Breer did him a disservice by not saying my source isn't Casario because That's anybody true. who's paying attention is going to look at this and say it's Casario who's a little bit pissed off. Sorry, London and all of the cities in the UK, because you can read between the lines as I did saying yeah, this is yeah. less about Belichick and more about Casario. I, I get it. I mean, the vault has been open about criticizing Belichick on all this stuff here, you know, over the last year. So everybody's looking to you know, take this angle to a degree. And you're right. I mean, you're right. Albert Breer probably could have done a solid and said something like that. It's not Casario. But here's the other thing, too. And this is why, like, hey, Bill's done yes, a great is. job up in New England of, you know, they, they for a long time, like, not a lot of people got out of that building. But here in the last few years, a lot of people have got out of that building. We got a few GMs around football. We got ex-coaches who were head coaches here, there, all that. And, you know, I – and this wouldn't be the first time Bill Belichick hasn't listened to, you know, the scouts board and everything like that and done his own thing. I mean, really, this is pretty commonplace stuff with head coaches who have the, you know, last say GM word type of thing. And yeah, it's gotten Belichick in trouble. I mean, there's no doubt. But I'll say this, Mike, I was there for two drafts, right? And one of the drafts, I could still remember, I mean, as vivid as ever. It's my first draft in an NFL organization. I'm sitting right outside the draft room. Now, the pick is going to be Jamie Collins from Southern Miss, right? Second round. I can remember Nick Casario walking out of the room and his head was shaking. And I was like, uh-oh, somebody doesn't like the pick that's about to come up here and pop up on the board. And it was Jamie Collins. And I remember all the scouts and everything going, there, oh, my gosh, why would we take him now and do all that? Well, he was awesome right from the get-go. So Belichick was right. Also happened with Chandler Jones in, the, in another draft. So same thing where it was just like the scouts were like, hey, well, we didn't have him rated this high. Well, he's Bill Belichick. He had him ranked higher, obviously. Now, he's missed and all of that. I know that. But I don't think this is that crazy. And it goes back to my old thing, Mike, that I say. Yeah, there's too much emphasis on the person and the mental aspect instead of just the pure ability on the field sometimes up in New England. And I, I will always think that's what gets them in trouble in these situations. And as I say, it's not just the drafting, it's the developing. Because it's not like they are reaching for guys who aren't regarded as draftable by 31 other teams. Everyone that they pick is getting drafted by someone else in the higher rounds. Nikhil Harry would have been drafted by someone else, yeah. right? But at some point, the guy's under your tent and you have to develop him. And that's that, to me, is the great chicken and the egg question here. How much of it is mistakes in drafting? How much of it is mistakes in development? And would these guys have developed into better players somewhere else? Because it's not like he's shocking us with these names no. that aren't even in the binder. Who is this guy? I never heard of this guy. May as well have drafted Turd Ferguson. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Little, I had to work it in yeah, at some point. Yeah, you today. watching Aaron Rodgers? I had to find a way. Well, that should be I had your name for the rest of the day, Turd Ferguson. I'll, um, I'll, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, that was last night. <laughs> <laughs> but, either way, but, but I will side as far as that question that you posed there, which is a good question, that, it, that it's more on the true evaluation there, Turd Ferguson. All right? It's, it's more on that. It's not on the development because he's – He's obsessed with development and technique and doing the right things. I've never seen a team more into doing all of that stuff. You know, would I want to just go, you know, you know, some of these guys and then kill Harry. I just, it, 
it was questionable about him anyways. He was a very on-the-fence guy, if anybody can remember back to that year. You know, it just was, yeah, he's big. And, man, when he gets the ball in his hands, he makes some things happen. But I know I was one who, and I'm not alone, I'm not trying to pat myself in the back here, where he wasn't one of my top five receivers because I was like, he, he never gets open. He can't get open against anybody. And that's kind of important in the NFL. But they went with the size, you know, what he does with his ball in his hand, probably his football IQ. We met him. He seemed like such a good guy and all that. And because of that, yeah, they left Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown on the board who have been kicking butt, let alone with D.K. Metcalf as well. Yeah, and one last point on this. Yeah, what's that, turd? If it wasn't Casario, thanks. If it was, <laughs> not the first time I've been called that. If it wasn't Casario. I, I, I hope he made a phone call at some point over the last couple of days since the story emerged to make sure Bill Belichick knows it and accepts it because you don't want to be persona non grata with Bill Belichick. You never know when you're going to need a job back in New England again if things don't work out in, in Houston. The yeah, last right. time I checked, they're, they're not really working out so far in Houston. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, and look, I... I, I and, and I know that there are people in the media who are like, oh, you're not supposed to guess on who sources. Well, when it's that obvious and when it's that big of a deal, how, how what are you supposed to do? Look the other way? Well, I have no idea who he may have spoken to. He just interviewed the guy last week. <laughs> so uh, and, and, and he was the obvious. If it's not Belichick, it's him who's the target of the comments made by by Robert Kraft, especially since he's not there now. Kraft says, oh, we're doing a different approach this year. Yeah, we don't have Nick Casario anymore. He didn't say that, but that was potentially implied. All right, um, let's go ahead and take a break. On the heels of the Sam Darnold trade from New York to Carolina, we're going to draft which quarterbacks on new teams we believe will have the best 2021 seasons, veterans or rookies. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. That is depressing. That is a video that you would not want to put on social media. Why? I understand that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody's there. There was no, it was like at a wedding. I introduced, I introduced to you for the first time anywhere, Mr. and Mrs. Christopher David Sims. Oh. Everybody walks in and they're like, they're eating their, they're eating their shrimp. What? He's, oh yeah. He's being, oh, hey. if it was, you are unbelievable. Hi. You are Hi. Turd Ferguson. You're Turd Ferguson. <laughs> if that place was packed, you'd be attacking them going, what I'm happened not, to no. the but regardless, I, I acknowledge it's a pandemic. You have an, I, Pete, you have a debt to Pete, society. You're doing, you do even kill them. Pete, shut up. You <laughs> shut up too. My point is this. I acknowledge it's a pandemic, but the people who were there were not extra, exactly excited for the, for the fact that in walks the new quarterback of the Panthers. And uh, not everything that you do has to be put on social media. Only put the good stuff on social media, not the stuff where people are like, man, boy, that went over poorly. So I, I, I respect the fact that they're respecting the pandemic. Hey, how about this? A little unknown fact about Sam Darnold. You ever heard this one? His grandfather at one point was the Marlboro Man. Do you know that? Yes. You yeah, we've that. talked about that like 20 times in the last three okay. years. His name was Dick Hammer. <laughs> it's almost as good as Turd Ferguson. That, you know, I mean, it's amazing. It really is. Okay, I know. We did talk about that during the right. draft. It's been a while. All right, I got a question for you. All right, you jerk. Sam Darnold, who was very socially responsible in that video through had 59.6 completion percentage last season was the third lowest among QBs who started five or more games name one 
of the two QBs lower than him. I think you should lower get than this. him who started five or more games. Yeah, it would be somebody throwing the ball down the field on a regular basis, right? Somebody who would have a higher rate of incompletions. You'll be mad if um, you don't get these two. I think you, you'll Cam Newton. Oh, Cam Newton, man, it's a good guess actually. It is a good guess, but it, it, it's actually Carson Wentz and Drew Locke. I wow. thought you might get to Drew Locke. I thought you might do that. Yeah. All right. You okay? You going to make it? I wasn't sure he played five games. I'm going to make it. I All got right. 14 minutes. Right, Just don't good. talk about it. It's one of those things where <laughs> I wasn't talking getting into about the details. That. All right. I have learned, I have learned that if you convince yourself to not think about it, it's not nearly as bad. When you start thinking, I've only got 14 minutes or now 13 minutes, then things start to kind of churn, yeah. for lack of a better term. Okay. You get the first pick in the draft of the best 21 quarterbacks 2021 quarterbacks we're not drafting 21 of them the best 2021 quarterbacks on new teams this year go all right well I'm gonna go with Matthew Stafford I am I mean that's the one I'm most excited about and of course I think out of all these guys there I mean yes he's a proven commodity superstar type talent who's been really damn good in the NFL so I'm interested to see you know in the new system with McVay all of that and just on a quality football team that's where I'm excited for it you know, I, I think it's not only just like excited for like Stafford to see what he can do in the new environment and, and have more support. I, I'm also really excited to see what Sean McVay does. Does he open up that offense more? You know, I, I think we've both been a little underwhelmed a little bit by their attack on the offensive side of the ball the last few years. And I, I think it'll be a little bit of a telltale sign to be like, wait, was it Jared Goff why it didn't open up? I mean, I know why he was a reason why it wasn't as good. But was that holding McVeigh back? I think that adds to, to my intrigue with the situation as well. I agree with you, and it, it, it should be fun to see how it plays out for Stafford. After all those years in Detroit, he now has a great team around him. No excuses. No excuses. We hear that phrase a lot with a lot of these quarterbacks this year. Hey, no excuses. No excuses. Definitely no excuses for Stafford in L.A. Carson Wentz, no excuses this year. Much better team around him in Indianapolis. What was the aberration? Was it his early years? With the Eagles, or was it last year? Which is the real guy? I think we're likely to see Carson Wentz out of, now that he's out of Philly, new start, back with Frank Reich, all those talented players on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I think we're going to see a, a very good year from Carson Wentz if he stays healthy. I don't want to jinx him, but to me, that's the bigger concern than anything else when you talk about Carson Wentz, the ability to stay healthy. Yeah, uh, hopefully he he realizes he doesn't need to be Superman, that their team is good and it's okay to get sacked every now and then or throw the ball away or do any of that. But, yeah, you're. I mean, this was the next pick. Uh, I'm uh, agreed. I mean, one, we know he has talent despite how he played last year, and we know they're a good team, and there's a comfort level with his old coach and Frank Reich and all that too. It just seems like the stars have aligned for Carson Wentz there to have a good good year. Um, I'm with you. All right, I'm going to go to, you know, the socially responsible Sam Darnold. I am. That's my next pick. Uh, I mean, one, I think he's more talented than what we've seen with the New York Jets. Two, you know, I I like the offense in Carolina and what Joe Brady does. And, of course, he's got some explosive weapons at his disposal. That's what excites me. You know, I think they could be one of those teams this year that's, you know, I'm not saying a playoff team, but but – just the way they look on paper and the way the team went last year and now getting him at quarterback and everything, uh, I think they're going to be a, a playoff conversation type team in December. And I think Darnold will be a big part of that. And I'm kind of looking forward to see what he can do in that offense with, with that team around him. Just like Wentz, although it's a different circumstance. Yeah. As we said earlier, we're going to find out yeah. what it was that, that, that knocked him off. All of them, Stafford, 
with Detroit. Why did he not reach his highest potential? Wentz in Philly and also Darnold uh, with the Jets now in Carolina. Okay, I- I'm going to... I'm going to go with whoever the 49ers take with the third overall pick in the draft. Even though we don't know who it is, we think it's going to be Mac Jones. I don't know if that fits on the graphic, but that's my answer. Because I've got faith in your guy, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's right. They've got a great team around him. Right. And whenever he gets on the field, and I'm convinced he'll get on the field at some point this year, he's going to play well. Or he wouldn't be on the field. I think Kyle's not going to put anyone on the field if he's not sure he can go in and get the job done, other than Nick Mullins. (laughs) Other than that, he's not going to put you on the field if he's not sure you can get the job done, especially with the investment they've made in the guy that they're going to be taking with the third overall pick. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that that would have been my next pick. I was hoping you wouldn't do it because – yeah, no matter who it is, you know, they're in a good position to succeed there uh, for, for, for the reasons you said. Shanahan's awesome. I think we both sit here and go, wait, the team is still really good. I mean, we, we, we even saw that last year, even with their, the injuries and everything like that. You know, the team played well. It was, you know, Nick Mullins and the quarterback situation that you talked about. So uh, I think that would have been my next pick. And, yes, I ex- still expect it to be to Mac Jones. All right, now it gets tricky. Um I mean, yeah, man, we got Tyrod, we got Andy Dalton, we got Goff, you know, we got Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I am very excited. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the guy I just like the most here. I'm going with Zach Wilson to the Jets. Yeah, I'm excited. I am. I mean, yeah, the Jets got a lot of picks at their disposal in this draft. They should be able to, you know, add some more young talent around him. I'm excited to see what he looks like in this offense. You know, a Shanahan type offense with with Michael Lafleur. And yes, I just at a base base level, I'm excited to watch the player. I think the player is special. He's an explosive athlete and he has an explosive arm. And he's got some flair and sexiness to his game too, which I really like. So Zach Wilson would be my last one. Yeah, I I, I think that he's boomer bust. I saw that somewhere over the weekend. So uh, you could be absolutely right or you could be absolutely wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Last one for me. The guy that has gotten so much criticism, Andy Dalton, the quarterback of the Bears, the bar is low. He took the Bengals to five straight playoffs to start his career. I think he did well enough last year with a Cowboys team that was overmatched from a talent standpoint. I like what he can do with the Bears. They've got the defense. They've got the supporting cast. They've got the reduced expectations. And, uh, you know, wherever we think that bar is – I think he'll do well enough to, to overcome it. Chris. Yeah, I, 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 that's who I kind of – that would have been my next guy on the list too. You know, yeah, again, he's a good player. It's not going to excite you, but I think when you look about the team like you talked about, you know, there's some comfort level within the system. I think the Bears have realized their issues with their own play calling and their own, you know, uh, issues they have on the roster as far as trying to improve the O-line and that type of stuff. So we'll see. Uh, I can see Andy Dalton having a real good year there, and he doesn't have to be a superstar for them to be good. You know, if they can just take advantage of what's there and play defense, they could be a pain in the butt in Chicago. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Carlos Dunlap may know something the rest of us don't. We'll discuss that on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. Carlos, since you did talk to Russell Wilson, uh, did you get a chance to ask him what was up with his situation? Uh, I did not ask him that, but um, I did ask him if obviously he was going to be with us because if I'm coming back, I'm coming back because I see him as my quarterback and the rest of the team, I want to pick up where we left off. 
and he told me that he's he's with us and he's here to stay and he said you know let's go hawks and i'm not going to quote his every word or um these words are not his words verbatim but these are my explanation of how i interpreted what he said Carlos Dunlap now back with the Seahawks. Breaking little news. Russell Wilson told him he's with us and he's here to stay. Oh, that so ends it, Mike. He isn't. We're yeah, that's it. it. We don't have to pay it. attention anymore. It's over. <laughs> it's, it's over. over. <laughs> because we know that no one ever says anything that they would later contradict with their actions. Never happens. In football or anywhere. Yeah. So. I, nothing against Carlos Dunlap, but uh, the circumstances change. They change all the time. And as you've said, and as, as we continue to hear, just something's still not right between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. No, d- definitely not. You know, and, and again, yeah, I don't think we're out of the woods as far as him being traded this year still. I know that it, it's, it's limited options, but we got five weeks left here. I, I don't think that's totally dead. I think it's getting close to dead, but not totally dead. Either way, uh, it, it, this is it. I just I can't imagine that it goes on past this year. I just it it seems like we've hit we've hit that point and this will be the last year you see Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. You know, I don't know whether I from a news standpoint and intrigue standpoint I'd rather him be traded or have one more year in Seattle before he's inevitably traded because this could be an ugly dysfunctional year if everyone involved is unable to compartmentalize, set it all aside, focus on having the biggest possible year because the minute you start losing games, that's, the that's when these pressure points uh-huh. start to bubble up. I agree. That's going to that's going to be the big thing and I mean we talked about the NFC West yesterday. Wow, I mean that's some good division. 49ers are going to be back. Arizona's getting better. Rams are going to be stronger with Matt Stafford. You know, yeah. What what is going to go on there if they're five and five or something like that? I mean, the the crap could hit the fan there, Turd Ferguson. Well, I know what's going to go on here in about ten seconds. I'm going to have to make a quick break for the facilities. Thank you for some of your time on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. He's Dick Hammer. I'm Turd Ferguson. See you tomorrow. See ya. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.